0: Welcome to Sunday service, everyone, here at Ananda Village. I am Tiagi Lisa, and this is Naya Swami Anandi, and it's a joy to be here with you this morning. Today's reading is from Rays of the One Light, the weekly commentaries on the Bible and Bhagavad Gita by Swami Kriyananda. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. It is common for people to perceive themselves according to their present realities. A person in ill ill health says, I am ill. Few say, I am well. It is my body that is suffering. People in low income brackets say, I am poor. Only the unusual person will say, Though outwardly I live in poverty, inwardly I am wealthy. Thus when it comes to moral and spiritual development, people commonly identify themselves with their weaknesses and their mistakes. They consider it almost a sign of humility to say, I am a sinner. Though, in effect, what this means is that they identify themselves with their sinfulness, not with the soul's power to transcend all limitations in God. The great masters, including Jesus Christ, have always emphasized the divine potential of mankind. To encourage us, they address us as children of light, not of darkness. The Bible in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 3, makes the point that our true home is not the mud of this earth, but the light of heaven. No man hath ascended up to heaven, it tells us, but him that came down from heaven. This passage continues, even so the Son of Man who is in heaven. Emphasizing that Jesus, though he lived on earth, is perceived by the eye of wisdom as conscious, even in human form, of his true reality in heavenly spheres. The way to know God is to live in godly consciousness and not to bewail our imperfection and our distance from God. Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And the Bhagavad Gita states, Seekers of union with the Lord find him dwelling in their own hearts. But those who, lacking in wisdom, seek him with impure motives cannot perceive him however much they struggle to do so. If you want to know God, Paramhansa Yogananda said, live in the thought that you have him already. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Oh.
1: Good morning, everyone. I'll start by reading from Whispers from Eternity. It's a book of uh, prayers and poems by Paramahansa Yogananda. O Father, from joy I came. For joy I live. In joy will I melt again. Thou art sacred perennial joy, thou art the joy I seek, thou art the everlasting joy of the soul. Teach me to worship thee through the joy born of meditation. Balance my worship with good action and teach me to shun all false pleasures which, (coughs) siren-like, call to me through my misguided senses." well in one of his talk tapes Yogananda was quoting that first line of this reading from joy I came for joy I live in sacred joy I melt which is from his beautiful poem Samadhi and he finished by saying it's not easy melting (laughs) the reading today you are children of light live in the light And his Master said, if you want to know God, feel that you have him already. This really, on the face of it, should not be that difficult. Um, Yogananda defined God as ever-existing, ever-conscious, ever-new bliss, or ever-new joy. And he said that God made this creation from himself. That the very fabric of every one of us is existence is consciousness, is bliss. That is our nature. And so to live in that nature, it should be so easy. But there's a reason that we're here at Sunday service trying to be inspired to remind us to do that, because it's not that easy. Um, Yogananda defined God as a magnet of love. So he's made of pure love and, and love draws things to it. And we're made of the same substance of, of God. And so we will be just drawn back into him if there were not another force in creation. So in order for us, for this creation to be here, there had to be, there is God, the supreme force, but there had to be another force. And that force in India they call maya or delusion. In the West we call it satan. It's a force of pulling us into separateness. So God is unity. God is pulling us toward realizing we're one with all of creation. Each other with him. We live in unity and yet there's this other force that says, no I'm separate. The Sanskrit word maya means to measure. So we measure. We say I stop here. You start there. All these people are separate. And We don't care about each other because we're just separate. So we have to always be dealing with this pull to be separate, to be not, God is pulling us toward universal consciousness. This is pulling us toward unconsciousness, toward unawareness. And this is always a battle that we're fighting. Yogananda said it's as if God is on one shoulder, Satan is on the other shoulder, and it's really up to us which direction will turn? Because he said, neither force will interfere in your life. They'll just wait until you turn in one direction or the other. You invite their help. You invite the help of God or you invite the help of Satan, if you want to call it help. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's up to us. It's our choice. And so he also said that if you're not moving forward spiritually, you're moving backward. Now, I've always found that to be... a Horrifying actually concept. <laughs> but I was thinking about it today and realizing that God, Master is off, Yogananda we call Master, that Master has also told us that we never really know where we are on the spiritual path. So I thought, okay, well, how can we tell if we're moving forward or backwards? What I think is true is that we can only tell in this moment. In this moment, am I moving toward the light? Have I chosen the light? Or in this moment, Am I choosing to be unconscious? Am I choosing to be separate? Am I choosing to emphasize those parts of myself that make me feel separate? So I wanted to talk this morning about ways that we can focus on our true nature as children of light. And the first of these is to feel that everything in our life is coming to us from God. Um, In Ananda Village, we have um, several groups right now who are studying the essence of the Bhagavad Gita that was written by Yogananda and remembered by Swami Kriyananda. And in our study group, we've been meeting for about a year, and it's very dynamic and inspiring. But the most kind of, uh, I don't know, we've been most motivated lately by a particular chapter, which is Chapter 9 of the Gita. And in this chapter, it begins, very beginning of chapter nine is um, in the Gita, this is the story of Krishna, who represents the Lord, cosmic creation, and so forth. And he has his disciple, Arjuna, who represents us, who represents every disciple. And in chapter nine, Krishna says to Arjuna, To you who have overcome the carping spirit, I reveal these truths divine. Now he's about to really open uh, himself to Arjuna and show him how the universe works, show him how God works. Obviously it's something to be worked for. <laughs> it's, worth, it's worth achieving. And so to, in order to do it, we have to overcome the carping spirit. Now I always thought the carping spirit meant to be critical to be negative, to gossip, backbiting, all those things. Of course, they are definitely included in the carping spirit. But what has gotten us sort of jazzed in our our study group is to realize that the carping spirit is any part of ourselves where we're dragging our feet in life, where we're saying, yes, but, or I don't want to do that. There's just a resistance to what's coming to us. And why would that be there? because we don't like it. We don't think it's coming to us from God. We have other desires, other things we want, and what's coming is not that. So one of, so we've been exploring that, and one of the... I think I can say this at Sunday service. One of the men, I thought it was very cute, he's, he's finding that this kind of criticism in his mind comes in, and he says, Oh, what a load of carp.
0: <laughs>
1: but... But one of the women, Willow, said something really important. From reading that chapter, she said, I realize that anytime time I'm unhappy, that is carping spirit. Isn't that important to realize? Any time we're unhappy, we're dragging our feet. We're saying, no, this current reality is not what I want. I'm unhappy with that. And instead, we really, if we want to... Move toward freedom, we really have to begin to embrace everything that comes as coming to us from God. And so he gives us guidance in, in chapter 9. He says, In order to do this, live more in your heart, live in the calm intuition that there's a rightness to things. Swami Kriyananda used to tell a story, and I, I can't find it in his writing anywhere, but I remember the story, I believe, accurately. In this story, one of the nuns at um, Yogananda's ashram, a young nun, he he started something where when he would see her, he would criticize her unfairly for something she hadn't done, whatever. And he'd really be strong with her. And she would immediately get all upset and, no, that's not true, and I didn't do that, and, you know, it's it's not what happened. And, And then he would go away, and then the next time he saw her, same thing. Criticize her for something else she hadn't done and she would get all upset and and then again and again And it kept repeating itself until one day He criticized her unfairly and she just looked at him. And she said yes master, and he said good I was just trying to make you more docile Now that's a story actually that I never understood I understood the value of saying yes to your guru. I understood why, if, if Yogananda or Master would say something to me, that it would be valuable to just say yes. But what I didn't understand is the word docile. <laughs> kind of, for women of the, our generation, it kind of gets underneath the skin. But, <laughs> but when I read this chapter on the carping spirit, I understood the value of what docile was. Docile means to have an intuitive sense of the rightness of things and to accept them. And I thought that is an important quality because it is happening all the time. All the time, things are being coming to us, and it's up to us to say, "Okay, this is right. This is mine. I accept it." Sister Gyanamata, one of Yogananda's most Well, his most advanced woman disciple told a story from her early life. And she said that something had come in her life as a big test for her. And she, it was very hard for her to deal with. And she finally came to grips with it. And she met this man who was quite saintly. And he talked to her about that situation. And he said, you know, that came to you from God. You needed it. No, he said, you know that came to you from God. And she said, yes, I know. I needed that to happen to me. And he said, then glorify it. (laughs) Isn't that beautiful? So it's not enough to say, okay, okay, this is okay, God. I'll accept it. Uh, It's okay. No, glorify it. There's some glory here. There's some, some real joy that this is happening. And it reminded me of an old joke about a little girl who was... Um, very, very positive. She was very optimistic and everything, and she was sort of annoying to her relatives. And so one uh, one uh, day, her birthday was coming along—her tenth birthday—and her uncle said, "I have just the thing. I'm going to put a pile of horse manure." I've always given her really nice, really nice <laughs> gifts, but this birthday, I'm just going to give her horse manure. So she came and greeted him on her birthday, and. He said, well, your presence in the backyard, and she ran outside, and she came, and she said, oh, uncle, thank you, thank you so much, thank you, and he said, what do you mean, it's just horse manure, and she said, yes, but there's got to be a pony somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> and isn't that, isn't that how we could look at our life, we go, oh, now I'm sick, but there's a pony somewhere. You know, oh, now I have financial difficulties. But somewhere in it, there is what I next need. When we were growing up, um, there was a game that we used to play. I don't know if people nowadays play it, but it's called pick-up sticks. And you would, the sticks were like very big toothpicks, about that long, and you would sort of throw them down. And what you had to do is you had to pick up the top stick so that you didn't move any of the other sticks. And so each person would just find the stick that was kind of next in line that wouldn't be under anything, would just be on top of everything, would be the next one to be removed. And I started to think about our spiritual life and our life with the guru as being like that. You know, we I remember when I came on the spiritual path, and you start to meditate, and you really start to feel some blessings from the past, I think, of past experiences of meditation, and you feel like this is going to be easy. Just a little more of this meditation, is just a straight shot from here, and I'll be free. And then you discover it doesn't work like that. And it really is like pick-up sticks. You see just your desire for love, your desire for God-realization, but the guru sees all the sticks that are in the way, between you and them. Oh, you need to have more energy. Therefore, you're going to have some financial difficulties so that you can raise your energy because you need that energy for God realization. Okay, pick up stick. You know, you need to learn how to surrender. You're going to be sick for a very long time. It has to be removed. It has to be removed before you can be free. And we don't know the big picture. We just see what's right in front of us but the guru sees your life and what you need when. And he's just sending it at the time you need it. So we have to, and I say this, I mean, it's easy to say this. Uh, but, you know, to be honest, this is very hard to do. It's not, it's, but it's, it's something we want to do, to just say yes. Yes, I accept it. I accept it with happiness because I know That underneath it, intuitively, this is mine. This is the next step for me. The next quality to help us stay connected as children of light is to give everything back to God. He's giving everything to us. We want to give everything back to him, especially that which is blocking our energy, that which we identify with as our shortcomings, to give it back to God. There's a beautiful story, um, it's a fictional story obviously as you will see, but it's, it's very meaningful, that took place on Christmas evening, N- not the night before, but the, that night after all the excitement was over and the magi had left and the shepherds had left and the, uh, Joseph and Mary were asleep and there was just a little boy standing in the corner and the baby Jesus said, come over here. And he was sort of shy, he said, what are you afraid of? And the little boy said, well, I don't have anything to give you. And Jesus said, well, I would really like you to give me a gift. And he got very kind of agitated. He said, I I don't have anything. And he said, I think you do. I want you to give me the picture that you drew, drew yesterday. The little boy just looked down. He said, well, that was a really ugly picture. I mean, nobody even wanted to look at it. It was so bad. And Jesus said, that's why I want it. I want what is ugly in you. I want that, give it to me. And then he said, there's one more thing I want. I want your plate. He said, well, I broke my plate. He said, that's good, that's why I want it. I want what is broken in you. And there's one more thing. He said, I want what you told your parents about that plate. Then the (laughs) the little boy really turned red. And he said, well, I told my parents that I dropped it accidentally, but it was a lie. I lied to them. What I really did was I was angry and I threw it on the floor. And Jesus said, that's good. I want that. I want your lies. I want your anger. I want your cruelty. I want your cowardice. I want everything in you that you feel is not of me because I want us to be so close. I want to take what limits you and I want to give you my love, and I don't want anything to stand between us. So never hold on to those negative things, but always give them to me. And that's what Yogananda told us. He said, give God your failings. He likes that. Because he doesn't. when we're thinking about our failings, we're not thinking of ourselves as children of light. We're not thinking of ourselves as connected to God. So the only answer is to give them to God. The third thing we can do is what the affirmation was about today. Live in our own center. Don't live in relationship to the world around you. To just do your best and just leave the rest to God. Don't don't measure yourself against other people. Don't defend yourself. Try to protect your ego. But just try to do the best you can and live in your center. You know, the saints do not defend themselves. Um, and I just was remembering, actually, when I came to Ananda, there was always I was always explaining myself inside my head, and I realized it's not there as much anymore. Thank God. We don't want to do that. We don't want to defend ourselves before other people or before God. But just say, I'm doing the best I can. There's such a sweet story of Yogananda in his early days at Ananda, his early days in the United States. He, um, It must have been very early here because he went to a, a dinner party and he didn't really know what to expect. He sat down at, it, at his place and there was a, wine, a filled wine glass there. So he didn't know what to do with that. Obviously he didn't drink, but he also felt that he didn't want to embarrass his hostess. So, as the person next to him finished their wine he just quietly poured his wine <clears throat> into their glass well now his glass was empty again and the hostess came around and she filled it up <clears throat> and once again there he was uh, in an embarrassing situation and so he waited till his friend had finished and he just poured it well the hostess probably refilled his glass three or four times and so at the end of the evening um, I guess they were still at the table one of the men said well Yogananda you're a really good sport I saw that you just really you know emptied those wine glasses you just seem to be a really good sport having some drinks with all of us well he was of course I mean you know he, he was representing the teachings of India so he didn't want to defile them by having them think he was an alcoholic or something but on the other hand he he couldn't he was not capable of defending himself. So he was just said, Divine Mother, what do I do? And then another man piped up and he said, Oh no, I saw him pouring his wine into the his neighbor's glass, and at that point his neighbor slid <laughs> off the chair and onto the floor. And so it was taken care of for him. He didn't have to defend himself because God took care of it. And that's that's the way it is. So we want to just say live from our center do the best we can and not compare ourselves to other people um, swami kriyananda said that actually comparing ourselves to other people is where we get discouraged it's where we get moody and this is very interesting to think about comparing yourselves to other people because you think okay well i could compare myself to Balarama and all his great talents whatever one person this other person here. I could compare myself to them. And that happens, of course. We do that. But also, I think we compare ourselves to a generalized population. I know I certainly do this, and I think other other people must do this, to say, I'm sure that people who are meditating, as long as I've been meditating, they've got to be doing a better job of it than I am. So I'm not sure who all those people are, but... I'm convinced that they're doing better. Or people will say, I'm sure most people are happier than I am, or most people have more friends than I have, or most people... And there's... It's all decisions that they've made, and it's all because of focusing the attention outside instead of inside. And that quality is a deadly quality, because... um, Getting discouraged, Yogananda said, discouragement is the greatest tool of Satan for the devotee. Discouragement is like having somebody grab you around the knees and bring you to the ground. It takes the very uh, starch out of you. It just brings you down. And so we want to do everything we can to not become discouraged. And that is one of them. Not compare ourselves to other people. But also, something that's very valuable is to remember what Yogananda said, discouragement is the greatest tool of Satan. So, if you ever hear yourself saying, I feel discouraged, pay attention, because that's not the voice you want to listen to. If you hear yourself saying, I feel discouraged, you say, okay, I'm a child of light. Nothing can stop me. And you just really reverse your focus to get yourself out of that discouragement. And the last thing to help us is to, of course, and the foundation of all of it, is we have to spend some time in meditation. We have to imbue that meditation with love. Meditation helps us develop love for God. Love for God helps us to meditate. And meditation gives us the opportunity to actually experience light inside of ourselves either visually or spiritually. We can feel the light. And once we feel the light, we actually can identify more with it, to identify more with it throughout the day, see ourselves as children of light. I want to end now by taking just a a few moments to do a little um, meditation. I'd like you to close your eyes <coughs> and to tune into yourself as a soul, not as a person, no personality, no history, no future, no family, no connections, no desires. You, you are a soul. And your soul is part of God. Your soul is no different than God. All the divine qualities of love and light and joy and calmness, those are who you are. And the soul is, it cannot be damaged in any way. No matter what has happened to you in life, Your soul is untouched by that experience. It cannot be injured. It cannot be defiled in any way. Just tune into that quality which is who you truly are. Tremendously powerful. Soul is immortal. Tremendously filled with light. And hold on to that part of your being. This is who you really are. Nothing else, nothing less. This is the light within you that is who you really are. Let's try to remember to live in that light. Om.